0: Not everybody has a backyard, or easy access to the Bay Area's beautiful hikes, or even a car to get you there. So when playgrounds opened up again in the fall after months of being closed off, it was a relief for a lot of people. But earlier this week, they closed back down. And playgrounds were wrapped up into the latest shutdown orders in five Bay Area counties. And parents and families had some thoughts to share.
3: For our family, it's frustrating, it doesn't make sense, um, and it's definitely going to be an added stressor during this already stressful time.
0: It's almost impossible to think that this is guided by a sense of uh, fear of the spread of COVID.
3: My six-year-old cried every time we walked by or drove by a
2: playground. Shutting down the park from the playground is really
0: traumatic. Here's the thing, it's not just families who are criticizing the latest health orders that include shutting down playgrounds. It's also some local and state lawmakers in the Bay Area and some doctors. Today, why so many people feel the benefits of keeping playgrounds open during the pandemic outweigh the risks. I'm Devin Kadiyama, welcome to the Bay.
1: a part of this amazing community visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today that's podcasts with an s thank you for listening and thank you for your support
0: let's start with some of the basic information and background here where are playgrounds closed in the bay area and why did they close
2: yeah, so starting this week, five Bay Area counties and one city um, decided to shut down playgrounds, along with other new restrictions. Those were Alameda County, Contra Costa, Marin, San Francisco, Santa Clara, and the city of Berkeley.
0: Matthias Gaffney is a reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle.
2: They've taken a step to uh, shut down uh, various things, and playgrounds are one of them.
0: And how long is this shutdown and are these new rules expected to last?
2: Uh, pretty much through December. Um, but, you know, as with everything um, and with the coronavirus and the pandemic, it's very fluid. They could change things on a the, on the drop of a hat where they either increase or decrease based on um, the numbers. Obviously, we're in a big surge right now. So um, the crackdown has kind of really hit because of that. They base it off of um, science. You know, a lot of people argue about that science. Um, and they also set a parameter for the state um, that if the ICU beds get below 15 percent of capacity that's left, um, that they would institute these. And these Bay Area counties decided to, um, you know, before they hit that, they wanted to kind of get ahead of it and, and implement this stuff. If you've seen any playgrounds, um, there could be a lot of congregating of of parents and kids, and so the idea is you don't want people to gather um, in groups, and so that's one of the main arguments for closing down playgrounds is not necessarily you know we've kind of pushed away the the the, the surface transmission um, that is now by and large being seen as not the 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 main way that this virus is spread. Um, you know, they still say it can't happen, so that's an issue, and people should sanitize and wear masks, obviously, um, when they're at these places. But I think the biggest concern is the gathering of people at these playgrounds, and they um, want to discourage stuff like that.
0: I know you talked to some parents about how they feel about playgrounds closing. Can you tell me about Courtney? Courtney?
3: Uh, playgrounds are crucial. Um, it just gives the chance, the kids a chance to like get outside and play in a really safe, secure, dedicated place.
2: Courtney Helland um, is San Francisco resident, and she's a mother of three. Her three kids are prime playground age, and so she has this park that they love to go to. They call it Sandy Park, and they go there all the time. They were devastated during over the summer when playgrounds were shut down. And when it got reopened in San Francisco around October, she called it bliss.
3: The kids were so excited. I actually have a friend who lives next door to the park and the swings are pretty loud. And she said she could hear the sound of the swings all day. And previously it used to really bother her. And that first day she was like, I've missed that sound. Yay, the children are back.
2: They were able to get outside with their kids. Um, they were able to play. You know, there's a ton of space at this park. If you see it, um, it's full. It's basically a, a, all the ground is sand, and and you could run around. And there's a lot of room, and it got the kids out. It got their imaginations flowing, and uh, it got them out of the house.
3: You know, we're also cooped up in the strain of closed schools and the sort of lingering. I don't know you call it like a nervousness about the pandemic you just it's kind of always there and I don't know when you're sliding on a slide or swinging on a swing you just that all melts away you're just you're just a kid and it's just fun and you're just it's just normal you know it it was a little bit of normalcy in this in this crazy world
0: so what did she think when she found out that the playgrounds were closing again
2: She was upset like a lot of uh, families and just confused at, um, you know, why this was happening. I think a lot of people um, in her shoes felt like um, this was done just because something had to be done. Like, and the big argument that they're making is like, look, this isn't March 2020 now. where We're just learning about this pandemic and we're just learning about coronavirus and how it works. There's been a lot of studies done and we're now learning that, you know, It's generally not transmitted through surface transmission, right?
3: In the beginning, when we didn't understand how COVID spread and the transmission, we were were all afraid of everything, you know, like we can't touch things and we don't, you know, how long does it linger on a surface? And I just think we know so much more now.
2: The parents who I spoke to, the argument was, you know, let's use the new science that we know of and maybe there's a way to... Have a compromise here and keep some open, and have you know metered and only a certain amount of people at a time—that kind of thing—and just shutting it down completely, though they felt was an overreach.
3: I worry that as we close playgrounds and we close down opportunities for like kids to be kids, that people will break the rules and they'll have people over to their house and they'll they'll go indoors, and this will actually make things worse. I'm like, let's give people a safe option.
0: Matias heard from a lot of parents after his story was published on Monday. Some were okay with playgrounds closing. Others were angry about restrictions in general. But most parents just felt like they weren't being heard. And public officials are also speaking up. Over the weekend, 12 state assembly members, including some from the Bay Area, wrote a letter to Governor Gavin Newsom saying that playgrounds are critical, especially in lower income areas where people don't have as much access to outdoor space. There are also local officials in pretty high places who don't want all playgrounds closed, like San Francisco's head of parks.
2: I spoke to uh, Phil Ginsburg, and he's the head of San Francisco Parks and Rec. And so he's the one who's in charge of um, physically closing these down um, when uh, these new rules hit. And, you know, he basically thought this was an overreach as well. And, you know, he compared it to, um, you know, we're allowing 20 percent indoor shopping for retail and zero percent of playgrounds for kids. Right. And that that just those numbers um, are hard to, um, you know, compute when kids, um, he feels like really need to be put at the forefront of these discussions when you're talking about closures and you're talking about safety and balancing that with those important milestones that they're hitting um, in their development.
0: You also spoke with San Francisco supervisor Matt Haney for your story. What did he say when you spoke to him?
2: I actually spoke to Matt um, on the phone. Uh, he was standing in a park on Larkin Street in the heart of the Tenderloin, and it was a park that had actually been refurbished um, over the summer during the um, COVID shutdown and had reopened in October, uh, brand new. and And so there was like maybe five or six families that were there while um, Matt Haney was at that park, and he said he was talking to me about the discussions with them and how they were disappointed in the closures and he he brought up like this one father who was there with his kids the son uh was swinging around and around and around on this merry-go-round type of uh um, equipment and just didn't want to leave which is like your typical thing in pandemic or not right on the kids said uh you know well can we come back tomorrow and he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and looked at Matt Haney. he's like, couldn't bring himself to like tell his kids that, you know this is going to be closed for the and, and foreseeable future
0: throughout this pandemic, we've we've seen so much loss, and we've seen so much, much inequity this whole year. And you know, in the grand scheme of things, the loss of playgrounds might sound small, but for parents, obviously it's a huge deal.
3: It feels a little like trivial. It's like, oh, my kids wanna play. But on the other hand, it feels like, but that's like the whole point of childhood is is to play.
2: I mean, Courtney really resonated with me, um, maybe because we both have three kids and <laughs> and have been a little overwhelmed uh, at times during the pandemic, like, like I'm sure many parents have. And just, Hearing about, you know, her youngest Wolfgang, four-year-old Wolfgang, and, and how he's not wanting to leave the park.
3: On the very last day, you know, we went to our local playground, and he was like, Mommy, I'm at the moon, and she's like swinging. He's like, Mommy, I'm higher than the moon. I'm at Saturn. I'm all the way up to Saturn. I've never been so high before. And I'm just like, you are the cutest. You are so innocent and so just beautiful right now. And... And now we can't do that again, and it's it's tough, so.
2: As she's watching other kids, like, you know, waving goodbye to the park and giving a hug to the slide, and and I see her as, you know, a very common idea of a parent who has concerns for her kids and who wants to do the best for kids under these circumstances, and that's a big struggle for a parent. To You know, you want to do what's best for your kids, and I could just tell she's wanting to do what's best for hers and when stuff's getting pulled from their their arsenal of avenues to help um with their development that's just hard to take
0: this whole conversation has been about kids being able to get out and play but parents like courtney heland are also losing out on something really important. Courtney says that over the six weeks that her local playground was open, she was slowly starting to find other stay-at-home parents to connect with. She said it was nice to see familiar faces, even if they were just nodding to each other from a distance. And she told us all of a sudden, she feels alone again. Thanks to Courtney Helland for speaking with us by phone and to Matthias Gaffney, a reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle, who connected us with Courtney. We'll leave you a link to his story in our show notes. Also, huge thanks to everybody who called in and left us such thoughtful voice messages that you heard at the beginning of this episode.
3: Hi, this is Saren Calling from Richmond, California.
0: Hi friends. This is Nate Coombs from San Francisco, California.
3: Hi, my name is Jennifer Churchill and I live in Sonoma.
0: Just oh Ovodala.
1: And Oya.
3: Hey, Oya.
1: I don't know if that's usable. Uh, my name is Obatala Malusi. I'm a resident of Oakland, California. Yeah. That is my two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, who I watch when the world is shut down.
0: This episode was produced by Erica Cruz-Guevara, Kiana Mogadam, myself, and our editor, Alan Montecilio. The Bay is local news to keep you rooted, made by your public media station, KQED. I'm Devin Kadayama. That's it from us. Talk to you next time.